0: I'm Jim Wallace. This is the Soul of the Nation. As we enter 2018, I feel politically homeless, and I know I'm not alone. For years, sojourners ran homeless shelters, overnight shelters, and I've seen what it means to be homeless. Having no reliable shelter and not knowing where you're going to end up, a lot of us feel that way about politics, especially because there are many other Christians Uh, loud Christians, uh, white evangelical Christians, who have undertaken a completely uncritical support for a president who is the antithesis of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's endangering the reputation of Christianity, particularly among young people. Now, the political parties are not morally equivalent. Voting is very important. We have an opportunity this year to vote and hopefully make some changes. But Republican leadership has sold the party's soul to a bad, amoral, childish, and dangerous man. And the truth is, most of my Republican friends agree with that, and they're feeling homeless. On the other hand, the Democratic Party has not become a home for Christians like me who care about justice, who care about peace, who care about uh, racism and poverty. They, They haven't become a home. For us. And I think it's time to speak up and say how the GOP has disregarded the best values of principled conservatism, like fiscal responsibility, uh, truth, honesty, genuine family values, national security through global engagement, uh, a commitment to opportunity for all, and empathy for those in need and the worth and equality of every person under the law. That's not what this White House believes or does. And it should shame and does embarrass many principled conservatives. The Democratic Party, though, has lost its connection to working-class people, ordinary people. It is really run by now cultural elites who are out of touch. And they don't appeal to the values of many of us Christians— Uh, who care most about poverty and racism. Every election cycle, Democratic consultants tell Democratic candidates, don't use the word poor. Say middle class. But the text that draws many of us Christians to politics is the one from Matthew 25, which I talk about all the time. That text does not say, as you've done to the middle class, you've done to me. It says, as you've done to the least of these you've done to me. I don't hear that from Democrats. And I was recalling this week the words of Hubert Humphrey from a long time ago, who wonderfully said, it was once said that the moral test of government is how that government treats those who are in the dawn of life, the children, those who are in the twilight of life, the elderly, and those who are in the shadows of life, the sick, the needy, the poor, the handicapped. I don't think people regard the Democratic Party as standing anymore for those people. In fact, Democrats are often as well connected to Wall Street as the Republicans are. And then the Democrats are so dependent on African-American voters, but the Democratic Party has taken black voters for granted, in my view. Uh, instead of courageously addressing the realities of institutionalized racism, instead of investing in the organizers, candidates, mobilizers in African-American and Latino communities, they're not doing that. The Democrats, unfortunately, the Democrats are also no longer what I call a faith-friendly party. I have fought religious fundamentalism most of my life. We all know about the religious right, the Christian right, those who, who really uh, uh, make the agenda of Fox News their gospel, ignoring everything Jesus said. Now there's a kind of secular fundamentalism uh, on the left and in the Democratic Party, which can be equally ideological, irrational, and divisive, often seeming to attack religion itself. And many people in the Democratic Party and in the Senate, the Congress, the White House have told me if they're themselves people of faith, they feel dismissed uh, and disregarded and not paid attention to and not respected and not feeling there's a desire for dialogue. Almost no outreach to the religious community in the last campaign. No conversation really with faith leaders on the Democratic side and people wonder Why? Um, Why they feel disrespected and disregarded, uh, and why issues that are important to us, many issues like poverty and racism, and even issues like abortion, are not really talked about in a moral kind of way. It's one thing to have a good dialogue. It's another thing to dismiss and feeling, to many of us, hostile to religion itself. That didn't used to be true for Democrats, but it seems to be true now at a national level uh, on the left and for the Democratic Party. There are lots of good Christian folks in in the Democratic Party, but you don't hear religion or faith talked about in a positive way. And so when you feel like your choices are the Christian right, one party supports the kind of Christianity, which has nothing to do with (laughs) Jesus— and the other parties doesn't want to support religion at all, it, you feel stuck. You feel homeless. You feel like no one's wanting to talk to you. So how do we have a different conversation in this country? How do we uh, say that there are issues, there are moral issues at stake for many of us that aren't really discussed on both sides of the aisle? For example, I think the Democrats and the donors that control them have taken often extreme and strident views on issues like abortion, where many of us believe in a consistent ethic of life, a seamless garment that really touches all the ways that human dignity and life are attacked. And none of us want to criminalize what are often tragic and desperate choices for women, but how about supporting women with nutrition and health care and services that really reduce abortions, really support low-income women, especially. Democrats don't talk about that. Why not? I think it's time to have not a third way, because it never works in American politics, but a new moral conversation, moral revival, moral renewal on both sides of the aisle that really talks about putting the poor and vulnerable first, a consistent ethic of human dignity and human life, strong families and gender equality, and the priority of racial and economic justice and peacemaking at the center of their political convictions. There could be a real opportunity here. Uh, The world of politics and media doesn't get what's going on at all. You've got one side on the political right saying, we are Christian values in politics. That's what we control. And the Republicans say, yeah, those guys, they're the real Christians. And the media says, yeah, they're the Christians. But all kinds of Christians aren't with them. (laughs) I mean, most of the denominations aren't with them. Uh, Young evangelicals are not with the older white evangelicals. Then there's black evangelicals, Hispanic evangelicals. All kinds of Christians of color uh, who represent the worldwide church, which is the most diverse uh, community in the world, who are not part of the Christian right. In fact, are offended, appalled, embarrassed every day by what people who say they're Christians think about politics. And yet the Democratic Party doesn't seem to know they're there. Let's talk about the evangelicals the way the media always does even in the last election, if you took a poll of all the evangelicals, not just the white evangelicals, but black and Hispanic evangelicals, the the split politically was about 50-50. Half of evangelicals voted against Donald Trump. And on many Christian college campuses, young evangelicals, they voted against Donald Trump too. So, And then you add other Christians and other people of faith and uh, the majority of Christians in this country do not support Donald Trump. Now, white Christians still do, and that's still painful for a lot of us. But, but when you talk about all of us as Christians, we don't. And the media never talks about that. So there's a whole Christian faith, religious constituency that wants to talk about the poor and vulnerable, wants to talk about peacemaking As our foreign policy. He wants to talk about telling the truth as fundamental, uh, that racial bigotry is a sin against God. Um, And those Christians and people of faith need to be listened to much more by both the Republicans and the Democrats. There really is a constituency, a community, that is neither um, Christian right, nor is just left. There was a prediction around uh, New Year's that there's gonna be a rise in the Christian left in this country, from the religion right of the New York Times, Lori Goodstein. And I think she's right, but that's still politicized or too binary, right and left. Faith is supposed to be something that talks about our deeper moral values that can challenge both the right and the left. It shouldn't be just put in the old narrow categories of of left and right it should be what's what's good what's right and wrong not left and right and so I think there is a rising up in response to Donald Trump and the Christians who can incredibly still support him day after day which I find just incredible really and other Christians and other people of faith are Jewish and Muslim allies and people of other traditions who who really uh, want to be people of faith, but don't support the right wing, and and even are critical of things on the left sometimes. So that constituency could maybe have a real uh, impact on both sides, and could even say, let's have a not so much a third way, uh, but but a better way, an alternative way, a, a moral revival, moral movement that puts the poor and vulnerable at the heart of things, that talks about human dignity, human life, that talks about truthfulness and honesty, and understands from my biblical point of view that reality is best seen from the bottom of a society and not from the elites at the top. Thanks for listening. I'm Jim Wallace for The Soul of the Nation. God bless you.